स्मार्ट यू आर लिसनिंग टू अमिंट प्रोडक्शन हाई आई एम श्रुदिजित आई एम ए डेली बेस्ड जर्नलिस्ट एंड द एडिटर इन चीफ ऑफ मिंट एंड दिस इज द स्केच This is the second part of my conversation with Pramod and Ashish. If you haven't listened to the first part, I'd strongly encourage you to. From the time you went to IIT, have things changed at the IITs? Have they become a little bit more flexible? I think they have. Uh, I think they have, but they've also grown in scale a lot. Yeah. And uh, unfortunately, the investment in terms of quality in terms of faculty infrastructure has not really kept up, kept up. Uh, we've opened up many more iits yeah. but let me not be critical i think these are all institutions that are serving a great purpose for the country and some of the new iits have done extremely well and sometimes setting up a new institution gives them more flexibility so what has happened with sudeep jain's leadership of iit gandhinagar is exemplary you know mm-hmm. they do a lot of liberal arts stuff it's the first iit if i know where you can actually switch disciplines oh nice uh, now the switching disciplines were there in those days also right. but you had to work so hard that you actually had to pass another exam yeah, 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 to be yeah. able to switch called the jat the joint advanced test and the success rate in joint advanced test was like minuscule. really minuscule and you could only move if there was an extra spot in the other department so people would actually drop a year this concept that you drop a year yeah. go take the exam again to go in yeah some of these things are still there and i think we need to move beyond that yeah when you get into a caltech or an mit yeah. you don't get into a department correct when you go to st stephen's college you can only study Stream, economics yeah, if you yeah. decide to change your mind and go to history you can't do that yeah yeah and i think those things we have to make seamless yeah. this is one thing i i consistently hear from my friends who uh you know went to uh, good universities overseas especially i think this is a american phenomena uh, fundamentally you know that they enroll in some program but many people will say that you know i had such a great time because our all of these universities have several star professors and something or the other right so some folks who typically it happens that uh folks who went to say study economics uh there is a star professor in philosophy whose classes are always overflowing they were most welcome to go sit in a corner and listen yeah. and you know and these professors are wonderful and you know you get to so many people like who have gone to into all kinds of lectures and you know uh, just in our first year at ashoka right we had zero new students opting for a history major right then at the end of the first semester because they had wonderful teachers like rudrankshu mukherjee and others who they were wowed by yeah. a lot of people wanted to switch to history right so right. we actually went to the haryana government where we have to seek their permission for every new course right. and started to offer a major in economics and history and history so economics is your for your parents history History's is for, for you. yourself <laughs> <laughs> let me come now to the uh, the future of ashoka um, from what i learned you are busy setting up or you know setting it up for the next phase of growth what are the ambitions uh, what are the kind of monies you are looking to raise what does the road map look like yeah so firstly um i think if you look at our mission it is to build a, an inclusive institution with excellence in research and teaching so research is very important not just teaching and we want to produce uh, responsible leaders for india and the world 
So India is important, but also people who are citizens of the world. And to be a pioneering institution for interdisciplinary higher education. So if you look at um, where we are, stack up against that mission, I think so far we are, you know, a good teaching university. As mm -hmm. I mentioned, research has started, but we don't have the critical mass as yet. We're small. We have 2,600 students. If you look at most of the great research universities uh, that are in the rankings globally, they have at a minimum six, seven, eight thousand students, and many of them 10,000 or more. Uh, they also have uh, depth in each department. They, we looked at, for instance, Princeton. Princeton may have 35, 36 departments versus 20 at Ashoka. But more importantly, there's more depth, critical mass in each department. We're still a new university where in each area we don't have a critical mass of scholars. So if you look at the plans going forward, I mean, first and foremost is we want to keep raising the bar. We want to improve quality in every dimension, whether it's teaching, research, service excellence in operations, uh, placement, selectivity, every aspect of what we do, we want to improve quality because we, we, we do well. Uh, we are definitely in the top decile, the top few percentile, but our aspirations are not local or our benchmarks are not local. Right. They're global. So when we compare ourselves with best in the world, we're still far away. Uh -huh. So improving quality is paramount. Second is to scale our undergraduate program. We take in about 700 students a year. We can definitely scale our undergraduate program, almost double the undergraduate program in the next five, six years. Third is to be more focused on research. So we need a, a larger PhD program. We only have 100 PhDs today. We need to increase that PhD program and set up a postdoc program. So many-fold increase. And then, of course, in terms of money, uh, we, as I mentioned to you earlier, raised and spent about 1,500 crore mm -hmm. in our first phase. Uh, we now want to raise about a half a billion dollars, 3,750 crore, mm -hmm. and out of which we've already circled about 20% from the existing founders, many of us who've stepped up to put in more. But circle, do you mean you have commitments? Yeah, of about 700 or okay. crore. Yeah. And um, we are increasing our footprint. Uh -huh. So we started with only 25 acres. We now have uh, almost 100 acres that nice. we purchased. Uh -huh. uh, we may purchase All contiguous. Contiguous, con completely contiguous. contiguous. Yeah. So if you look in terms of our physical footprint, we've only built a quarter of what we're allowed to build. Uh -huh. uh, so that physical build-out of the institution will also happen in the next uh, 15, 20 years. So, but I think what's most important is this is a journey. It seems to me that donors and faculty are, in terms of building blocks of a university, these two things seem really important. I want to talk about both of these. Uh, Pramath, about faculty, um, how do you attract uh, the best talent? How do you convince folks? So a lot of your faculty, um, from what I understand, are folks who were either teaching in the U.S. or had studied in the U.S. and just about exploring, uh, you know, career avenues there. How do you convince them to come back and live here? Uh, what are the dynamics involved? See, what faculty essentially want uh, is access to really high-quality students because mm -hmm. they almost get a high yeah. from being in a classroom where they can really engage with students who are very interested right. in their subject 
what they have to offer yeah. and they feed off that yeah so faculty actually get very inspired by high quality students mm-hmm. both students who they teach mm-hmm. at the undergraduate or the masters level and as well as phd students with whom they work to propel their work yeah. forward yeah. so this is the old guru shishya yes. relationship so that's one piece of it mm-hmm. and therefore you need to do your best to get the very best students mm-hmm. now she's talked about the popularity of ashoka the number of people who are applying our selectivity and so you drive that mm-hmm. the second part of it is that every faculty member wants to do research they want to remain intellectually engaged with the global community of peers who are in their field and so enabling that uh, you can't you can force somebody to teach by saying go teach in this class but you can't force anybody to re- do research you can only encourage motivate provide the enabling environment so we have there is no silver bullet solution to this but what what we have done is that at every step in terms of giving them a lower teaching load most universities would actually require faculty to teach a lot if you talk to people in public universities in india they'll complain that we can't do teaching we can't do research because you are making us teach too much and there's too much load of many many students so giving them a thin teaching load giving them enough time to do their research with over the summer giving them frequent sabbaticals supporting them with research funds travel money slush funds to buy computers giving them teaching assistants research assistants so there's a whole slew of things that you provide to give them the research ecosystem and of course giving them bright colleagues <laughs> with whom they can have their discussions their uh, repartees and then giving them access to global conferences and ability to go to present their research and so on and then of course incentivizing them for their research uh, Ashoka has a tenure track system which means that if you are able to show your research prowess in the first 5 6 years then you get a permanent job at Ashoka a tenured job at Ashoka which is again a very american yeah. system but tenure is a very attractive yes. uh, uh, option for people because you effectively have a job for life yeah. uh, at yeah. a time when I mean tenure was created to give people academic and research freedom uh but clearly this is a big incentive and finally you give them the freedom to do what they want right uh, and uh, that is a big part of what we uh, offer them as well isn't there a whole um, element of the university town um you know a lot of the university sources uh especially in the US that whole town is about yes. the university there is a whole you know social life around it there is a um is that hard to replicate in sonipat it is hard right but it takes time Uh, I've seen that happen with ISB over the last 20 years you know mm. Gachi Bauli right, as the name itself uh, suggests was uh, you know just a rural suburb right. of Hyderabad uh-huh. we've seen how these things develop so uh-huh. we've provided very high quality housing on campus uh-huh. uh, of course that is limited doesn't make up for the full ecosystem sure. uh, we've created uh, hubs of off campus housing uh-huh. which we run connect and so on mm-hmm. so we put in the solutions that bridge those gaps right. we can't complete everything we are working with the haryana government ashish and i just met with the chief minister mm-hmm. to suggest a master plan for the entire area interesting our our information from some of our professional colleagues and connections is that sonipat is going to develop very rapidly mm-hmm. uh, over the next few years mm-hmm. as a as a big hub as if another gurgaon 
Ashish, about donors, uh, but maybe why don't you start talking about your own motivations for this? You know, why do you get involved in a project like this? Why do you give to a project like this? And what is the experience uh, when you talk to and, and try to recruit other donors to, to the Ashoka cause? I mean, for me, at one level, it's very personal mm-hmm. because of the experience I had. And uh, therefore, it was self-evident that India needed a different form of education. Um, I think at a second level, it's it's more looking at our sort of landscape in India. We talked about earlier that we've had massification of higher ed, but quality in terms of real apex quality uh, still eludes us. Um, I think it also we need professional degrees, but I believe the pendulum had swung too far in the direction of pursuing narrow professional degrees which they weren't using afterwards. Right. I mean, all those who study engineering at the top engineering institutes don't become engineers. Correct. So what's the purpose? Yeah. So why not offer students a different form of education that's better suited for the 21st century, mm-hmm. given that knowledge is always going to be changing? So as opposed to overdoing specific knowledge, give them uh, these foundation courses that really expose them to different ways of thinking mm-hmm. and that develop these 21st century skills And yet there's enough depth in specialization. So they get stretched and pushed in a particular discipline or maybe two disciplines if they choose to do so. So I think that idea, you know, that Indian education needs to move in a different direction versus putting students in a straitjacket, which is what we've done, appeals to me because I believe that that's uh, what India needs, you know, in the next uh, few decades. And if we can do a good job of it, Others will copy. We're already seeing that, that there are clones of Ashoka coming up. We're already seeing that the new education policy talks about this. We're already seeing that IIT directors are now talking about recruiting faculty in philosophy and political yeah. science and economics and broadening the education. Yeah. So I think the possibility of Ashoka is not just one institution mm-hmm. that uh, is an apex institution. The possibility is really to have the knock-on effect, the spillover effect, where many others copy, and it really becomes a lightning rod for moving Indian higher education, for transforming Indian higher education towards this more holistic 21st century education model. What the IITs, in a sense, did for engineering. Ashoka could do that for the idea of an interdisciplinary, broad 21st century education. Right. Pramath, on the subject of faculty members, either individually or collectively, expressing an opinion that is either controversial in the current political climate or at odds with, say, a dominant ideology or a political force, how do you deal with that as a university? We don't. I think faculty are allowed to speak their mind Mm -hmm. and work on areas that they want to work on. Mm -hmm. Uh, They are allowed to write, speak, say what they want. Mm -hmm. Uh, we don't tell either our students or our faculty what they should or should not say, mm-hmm. uh, which is why you hear about some of the controversies. Because right. if we were actually muzzling people, so to speak, then right. you wouldn't have such controversies. At the same time, we all have opinions. Uh, Ashish and I have opinions. But when you're building an institution, then the institution's position comes first. Right. And often what happens is that people like us and people in certain positions in a university, their position, however much you say it's a personal position, will get conflated with the position of the institution. That's how the world is. 
And so I think we have to be extra careful. We can't tell people to be either way, but we yeah. do like to tell people and tell ourselves mm -hmm. and hold ourselves to the same standard. Mm -hmm. That when you're building institutions, you can't carry a opinion on a sleeve or a point of view on a sleeve. You can't be an activist and be building institutions. Mm -hmm. That's the way we think about ourselves. Mm -hmm. I think that's all we can control and do is our own behavior, our own stance, our own way of telling things. For us, it's very simple. The institution comes first. After that comes individuals which have complete academic and freedom of speech at the campus and as part of Ashoka. Pramath, Ashish, it's been most wonderful. Thank you so much for your time. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you really so much enjoyed. for having us. Thank you. That's it from me for this episode. You've been listening to The Sketch. This episode was edited by Devina Sengupta. Deepti Ahuja is the producer of this show and our audio editor is Sanju Abraham. You can email us with your thoughts on the sketch at livemint.com. For more updates on this podcast, follow HT Smartcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube and LinkedIn. To listen to more such Mint podcasts, log on to htsmartcast.com. Goodbye and thanks for listening. This was a Mint production brought to you by HT Smartcast. HT Smartcast.